Hola, this is Maria Plata, and I am here to tell you all about the random things I learn every day. I am a mom, a wife, a teacher, a highly sensitive person, and just a creative soul who wants to share my day-to-day learning with you. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and let's get talking. Hello, and welcome to the Plata Life Podcast Season 3, Episode 2. In today's episode, I interview Juana. She is someone that I worked with a few years back when I was teaching, and I just really love her energy and the way that she approached learning, um, especially with younger students uh, in relationship to math. And so I, when I was thinking about people to interview, I really thought about people like her who just show a passion for what they do in the everyday moments. Um, Any chance that we got to talk, I always wanted to have a more in-depth conversation with her. So Uh, I hope you really enjoy this episode. We talk about creativity, motherhood. She shares all kinds of stories about her kids that make me feel a little bit more uh, seen and heard, I guess, because I'm in in the trenches, if you could call it that. So I really enjoyed interviewing her um, and discussing all about motherhood with her. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you guys next week. Hit record. There we go. Oh, it lets you know. Continue. Uh, so thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I'm really, really excited. I think we are in a weird place in our lives right now where we really need to hear other people's stories of how they kind of do the everyday life thing, you know, right. with their families, with their loved ones. Um, and I've been doing this podcast for about a year and a half, and it's just been me talking about random stuff that happens. Um, but I've had this idea that I really... I miss talking to people, like actually sitting down and talking to them and not about work. And, you know, especially as teachers, you know, when we were in the classrooms, we never had that chance to like, that's um, right. (laughs) With someone. Yeah. And so, um, (laughs) as I've been having conversations with friends and other people I've been meeting, I'm like, I just have to record these with people that I've kind of met throughout my life. I I feel you kind of have, and you're one of these people, obviously you have this like you can see where you're passionate about life and you can see that joy that just kind of like comes out of you when you do certain things. And so I was like, I made a list of people. I'm like, who have I met in my life that I've seen that from? And so, like, well, thank you so much. Yeah. So, <laughs> just, um, so if you want to say a little something about yourself, you know, kind of how, um, sure. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the tone. All right. So, um, you know, as you recall, we met, Kyrene and I was nearing the end of my career there when uh, when we met and um, I have since retired and then of course the pandemic hit and wow so I, I, just, I just can't wait to I you know start it over again um, but I've been retired now for about you know two years and this you know I do miss being with people uh, but on the other hand I don't miss the Oh my gosh, I'm going to call it a threat, but you know, that constant being on and being assessed and jumping through hoops and, you know, it, it got burdensome since I have the, the privilege of looking at my life from, you know, later on, I, I see that things really changed in education. And so I'm kind of glad that, you know, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> and for sure. it's, Yes. And it's given me the time to reflect on that and in my life and, and my children and marriage and all that. Um, and I've also gone back to the things or this time has allowed me to go back to things that I used to love when I was young, 
you know, it's not that I didn't love teaching, but, um, you know, it, there were other things that I loved and I just didn't have the time for that. And so at this point in time, I've gone back to, you know, drawing and sewing and, you know, I didn't realize how much I'd forgotten, but it's been so great, you know, getting back into that and um, having time to, you know, get to know my husband again, <laughs> especially since we've been in close quarters now. Um, really at home, yeah. <laughs> Yes. So uh, we've adopted a dog. And so things, you know, I never thought I would do, you know, we're doing it and uh, really enjoying that and really enjoying that. And so we will be leaving on a trip in our little RV van, um, you know, tomorrow. And so we're going to go visit our grandchildren and our children. So uh, it's been a while, but, you know, it's definitely looks interesting at the end of your career, your life. And so um, this is a good time to kind of reflect you know, I don't regret anything, but I do reflect on it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I've seen pictures of your dog. It's so cute. I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, having a dog is so fun. I know it, it's it's a big, big responsibility, but it is just so fulfilling to have a little pet. Um, oh, it really is. I know. Daddy's giving it a bath right now. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. <laughs> all the little fun memories. That's right. Um, I know you mentioned about like sewing and, and all of that. I know you've from what we know, we've known each other. I know you've been a creative person, um, but tell me more about creativity. Like, what does that mean to you? You know, I've, I've given it a lot of thought because, you know, I always think that my husband is creative and I'm not creative. And the reason I said that, well, he was an architect before he um, retired, but he is very good at drawing and coming out with these really novel and, you know, genius ideas. He really is. He's not afraid. He puts it all out there, you know, whether, you know, people might think it's good or bad. He doesn't care. It's like, this is me. This is who I am. And I really do admire that trait. For me, creativity is that smaller seed. It's those ideas that I give life to. You know, some, they may not be novel or something, you know, earth shattering, but they are new to me. And so when I give them life, I think that that is creativity. Plus the fact that I connect it. And so it's this connection with me, with my inner self, and then manifesting and putting it out there. And so um, I guess I am creative as, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, and I have that conversation with a lot of people. Um, like I started recently, like the last year or so, I started painting digitally and all that stuff. And I, I get that a lot, like, but I'm not creative. And I, I, especially, you know, teachers. And I'm like, you guys are the most creative people out there. <laughs> yes. Um, where, do you, where do you think that comes from, that fear of creativity? Well, first of all, I think it's what our um, misconception of what creativity is. We always think, you know, we think of the traditional arts, you know, like drawing, right. painting, uh, acting, writing, but Music, you know, problem, right? Yes, <laughs> but uh, problem solving, lesson plans, putting yourself out there. I mean, that all requires that creativity. You know, that, that you know, generating new ideas, and then you start refining them. You know, as a teacher, you try something out, and then. You come back to okay that didn't work as well let me let me work on that a little bit more so oh de definitely teachers are creative they have to be i mean how can you be in front of a, a class for six hours and not feel you're very creative oh my gosh you have to be in order to keep them you know on task and focused oh my gosh especially those little ones they will let you oh, know right away when something is not working so well oh gosh yes they're so honest <laughs> brutally honest i know um so tell me about your sewing like what what make what brings you joy when you're 
like what do you make or I don't tell me more about that experience now that you've come back to it a little more well when my children were growing up I used to, well okay let me I have to go all the way back when mm -hmm. I was a teenager my mom used to sew a lot in fact you know that was one of her jobs when she had to go to work she worked in the factory you know mm -hmm. sewing garments and so um you know she she didn't have any patience teaching me because I, I realized now you know she was it was hard she was working I remember one year, cause we didn't have much money. And I said one year, mom, I'm gonna make all my clothes. Well, my mom laughed at me, all right? She laughed at me, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Okay, so I was a sophomore. Well, the first, I made a very simple skirt. That was my first project. And it took me something like eight hours to put in the zipper. First of all, I didn't know how I was going to master it. And I wasn't going to ask my mother. So, right, yeah. You know, I just, no, I'm gonna do this, I can do this. Um, but I did, they worked out and I made about half a dozen of those skirts. So that's where I started with the sewing. And then with my children, um, I used to make them all kinds of things. Uh, my special memories are um, Halloween up, um, costumes. Every summer, you know, being a teacher, you only have summers off. And then when you right. start school, that's it. You know, the <laughs> marathon starts and you can't do anything else. So I would ask my boys, well, what do you want to be for Halloween? Um, of course, it's middle of July, and so um, they would tell me, and I would get so into creating these costumes and just sewing whatever they wanted, okay? Um, they wanted to be matching ninjas one year, and, and mind you, no patterns, so in those days, so okay, all right, let me see what I can do, and then I'd embroider, embroider you know, all the symbols on their little outfits, and um, I made clothes for their teddy bears, you know, Sergeant Teddy, and I'd embroider that. Um, the biggest one was this huge dinosaur costume, including claws and <laughs> feet for my youngest. So yeah, I, I, it, was, it was crazy. Um, but you know, they grew up and I kind of put that aside and we moved around a little bit. And so I kind of put my sewing machine aside. Um, but I started up again. And one of the things I like to do is just stuff for the house. So again, no patterns. I just, you know, my husband said, well, I need some cushions. I need, you know, something covered here. And so for a van, for example. And so, you know, I just sew that stuff up. I make, I make pot holders, tortilla warmers, you know, I oh, give those nice. away. I made masks. Um, and so, but I want to get back into, you know, some of the finer aspects of sewing. And that's, so I've got some things planned um, for the fall, like making some real nice embroidered patchwork uh, quilted jackets and things like that but um I, I definitely am a little rusty as I've been practicing yeah no I always admire people that can sew I my husband always laughs at me but I bought a sewing machine when I was pregnant with Diego my first son and I sat down and I'm like I can't do this like I it's just it brings me no joy I like I don't understand how this works and I'm always I admire people because my mom can sew really well and so can my grandma mm -hmm. and I'm like I admire people that can figure this out but like I just for whatever reason maybe I just haven't been patient enough with it but man and I'm like they had the beginning of the pandemic I'm like I wish I could sew so I could make my own mask <laughs> dang it because I totally missed opportunity um, oh. yeah, you, you hit on this a, a little bit already about you know your children and and I'm reflecting back on what you're, you've been saying you know another thing I hear often is moms who are kind of like in the middle of motherhood and not finding the creative outlet to release some of that stress or to find joy in the creativity process because they're so immersed you know yes. in what motherhood can entail but I love how you brought it kind of together with how you used to create costumes for your kids like that 
makes sense. It brings you joy. They needed costumes and it's, you know, right. um, but going more in the topic of motherhood, can you tell me more about, you know, what being a mom means to you, the kind of like the challenges, your best moments, you know, now that your children are a little bit older, any advice, just help me out, please. I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. I know when you're in the midst of this, it, it's a whirlwind. Okay. I, I, I knew I always wanted to be a mother. All right. And so, you know, I had considered medicine as a vocation. I wanted to be a doctor when I was younger and I, I really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to work in, I actually did work in a hospital because um, my first major was medical technology. So I really wanted to be, you know, a doctor, but I wanted to be a mother more than that. And I realized that there were going to be some trade-offs. And so um, teaching, I mean, I loved it, don't get me wrong, but teaching also afforded me the opportunity to at least be at home with my kids in the summertime and get to enjoy them growing up because I'm telling you, they grew up so quickly. Mm-hmm. They grew up way too quickly. I mean, right now you're in the middle of it. You don't see that, but someday you're going to say, wow, that went fast. Yeah. <laughs> and so the day-to-day chores are hard. There are days where you go, oh, how can I do this? I remember I went back to school after I had my second child. And I have three. I, I remember one morning I had a test. I had my papers laid out to study on the kitchen counter. I am feeding a four-year-old who has to go off. He's my toddler. He's going to go off to preschool. And I have a baby in my arms and I'm trying to cook breakfast. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? How can I do this? And I t- told myself, I'm just going to do the best I can. That's all. And it was about letting go of being a perfectionist. You know, first of all, when you're very sensitive and you're from an immigrant family, there are a lot of expectations. And so, you know, it was really hard. I felt I had to meet them. And, you know, you beat yourself up for it, you know, that you're not doing everything and that you're not perfect. And so I had to learn to let go. I'm still learning how to let go, believe me. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Um, but that was the first thing. It's like, you know, I, I can do anything, but I can't do everything. And so, you know, just have to kind of prioritize. And so I took on that Nike slogan, just do it. And I did. And, um, you know, I, I got better at it with time, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't that is easy. hard, that perfectionism. And I, you know, I tell people I'm a recovering perfectionist. And I think it's hard in a society where you're praised for all the hard work you do. Um, and I mean, you, you know, my teaching career oh. and all of that happened. And, you know, I love yes. teaching, like you said, too. And it was wonderful. But I don't think people see the other side of that. They don't. Of they don't. How hard it is to go home at the end of the day and you've given it your everything. And then right. having to go home and give more of yourself. It, it was. Oh, that's right. I mean, I, what I had to do with the children growing up is I had a set menu. On Mondays, you have spaghetti. On Tuesdays, you have this. I mean, it was the only way I could make it work. And with three hungry boys, you know, it's like I could have made a gourmet meal and it would have been gone in seconds. Okay. And so, because <laughs> they're, they were growing boys. Um, so I just made, you know, food that they liked and that they ate. I mean, I, of course, I have to be balanced and nutritious because they went to sports. But yeah, I, you know, and, and right now I'm into cooking because <laughs> I really want to get to be a better cook and I try all these great recipes. But in those days, it was just, let's get the food on the table. Whatever you can eat, just eat it. Yeah. Oh, and wait, because we had baseball practice and then dad was coaching. And then Mm. it's like, by the time we were done with eating quickly, out the, you know, run out the door and then come back at night, 
sometimes late and then start all over the next day, you know, school, <laughs> work. <laughs> yeah, not, I, I hear you. It was not easy. That's been one of the blessings, I guess, from this pandemic, too, that, you know, a lot of people have mentioned, too, is not having to be on the run all the time and kind of enjoying the moments that you have at home with your family. Because, I mean, it was the same thing, even though um, I stopped teaching, I was still, you know, doing other things and, you know, swim class and soccer and now this and that and the grandparents want to come over and then we want to go out with these friends you know it's just like so chaotic that when it everything stopped we kind of just sat it around and looked at each other like okay so now what <laughs> exactly exactly you nailed it <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a, a weird transition but you know I'm noticing a lot with Diego six years old he's almost seven um the creativity process for us has been a huge like a big epiphany moment for my family mm-hmm. of we're learning how to do life together by being creative yes. together and so yes. Um, oh yeah yeah can you share about how maybe what you saw in your kids growing up and how you were able to kind of be creative with them well our oldest was definitely into the arts um he was working with clay from day one he was just two or three years old and then he would do things called string art and he, you know give him a ball of string and for some reason he would cover the entire front yard in a swing set with string and he just strung <laughs> it all over the place i mean it was really interesting he would just ball of string there you go and he you know he kept himself entertained the middle one not so much you know <laughs> he's more into the math and science thing and then the youngest one was just off the wall off the wall creative. He's a, he currently is a digital um, editor, but he's also in the band. He plays the oh. drums. So, um, you know, we've had music and art from, from day one. Um, the youngest would be upset because he couldn't draw as well as his oldest brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, Scott, you're only two years old. And so, but it was about providing them the materials um, to draw. You know, as I said earlier, I, you know, I, I used to like to, to um, sew and draw a little bit. My husband was always drawing, um, of course. And so we'd sit around the house and we'd have big giant tablets and just draw and just, you know, come up with different ideas and let them do kind of like, you know, like, oh, I have an idea. I want to put string around the yard. Or, okay, I want to have a play. And so <laughs> we all sit around and watch them, you know, create their own little play or watch them dance and stuff like that. Um, we never, you know, put down any idea. And that was the thing is that we never laughed at them. We laughed with them. And we had fun. We do crazy things together. I mean, I remember the one time that we were playing with water balloons. And then we got a little bit out of hand and went a little crazy. And then pretty soon one of us pulled out the garden hose. And then, uh, oh my gosh, the house was a mess, but we had a blast. Um, so, you know, it was, we were all crazy. I used to say, I didn't have three sons. I had three, I had four boys. Cause that was just as bad. <laughs> you watch your, your partner, you know, it's like another kind of let go back into that play mode again you know I mean because you've known this person as an adult and I'm just thinking because my husband's you know right there I'm like to see that person that you've like been adulting with doing all these like let's talk about finances and let's do this but let's do that and then to watch them with the kids oh I know I go back to that like play mode it's so fun to just sit back and watch sometimes absolutely and it's about having joy in your life whatever that you know wherever you can get your joy um, 
and it, it could be something simple, it could be something a little more challenging, but um, it's just about expressing yourself and your emotions at that moment. And so, you know, that day we, you know, we, oh my gosh, went crazy with the water hose, you know, we just laughed and laughed so much. I'll just, I'll just never forget that day. <laughs> I'm sure your kids, you know, that they're grown up, they probably look back on that day like, oh man, my mom was so fun. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Mine was also tough though. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a hard balance. I go back yes. and forth because, you know, yes. Diego is very much, um, I was that kid when I was little, like, I have an idea. I have an idea. Like I have, I have, I still have a thousand ideas. Like my ideas, mm -hmm. you know, they just grow and evolve and change all the time. And with Diego, it's, it's exhausting as a parent sometimes because there's yes. so many ideas. I'm yes. Like, oh my gosh. But watching him and I'm like, yeah like that used to be me like sometimes I wonder what happened or in what area of my life you know did I let go of all the ideas that mm -hmm. I think I couldn't have them anymore or um, kind of lead you right last, yeah my last question of how can we encourage you know or inspire the next generation you know you work with kids a lot um to kind of be in that joyful moment in that authentic creative expressive place that you know a lot of times we outgrow. So, you know, what ideas do you have to um, encourage and inspire the next generation to stay creative and play with the garden hose? <laughs> right, I, I know, I know. Some parents would say, you bad parent, bad parent. <laughs> oh, <whatever. laughs> well, actually my last job, you know, I, I came up to Prescott and I worked for Humboldt School District for one year and I had sixth, seventh and eighth grade. I had not worked that population in many years. And now, now I had three grade levels. And of course it was ELL, you know, kind of went around full circle. I started with that and I ended with that. Um, and I realized it was, you, you encourage them by listening to them mm -hmm. and by not judging their ideas, not judging what their thoughts are at that moment, you know, be kind of a sounding board and just listen. And then, you know, kind of like the coaching situation. So what do you think if, Right. Um, and then the line that they're going to learn on their own timeline. I think, you know, having been a perfectionist, it's been really hard for me to not expect that of others. So that's been the hardest part. Um, but allowing them to search for their, you know, for their own true self. Right. And uh, not expecting them. Well, if you're going to be, let's say, a, a soccer player, then you have to practice every day. And that's all you're going to do. No, it's about what I call that my cross training, you know, philosophies. Well, you should also try other things because that's actually going to help you further yourself if you have an idea of what you want to be in life, you know? Like, like I would have students to say, I'm going to be a professional basketball player. And, you know, deeper you look at them, you go, you're a little short, um, but okay, let's go with that, all right? So you're going to be a professional basketball player. Well, what do you think you're going to need, to, you know, to achieve that? And so you start brainstorming. Well, you know, it's not just basketball, it's other sports. Well, it's not just sports, but I also have to, you know, be good at writing. You know, I'm gonna be writing checks, I have to know my numbers. And so um, just kind of working with them and, and not poo-pooing their dreams, but supporting them, but also helping them see, you know, what else is out there and that they need to try different things, you know. You know, maybe basketball doesn't work out. Have you thought about trying another sport? <laughs> So, um, but definitely encouraging them to try different things. You know, I, I, I think when, you know, I grew up in a generation where, you know, you grow, you go to school, you grow up, uh, you get married and then you work for like 
40 years and then you retire and then you die, you know? <laughs> not, not, not a great scenario, you know? Um, I, I really appreciate the young people who are doing things differently. My youngest one is the best example. He did not go to college. He went for a year, it wasn't for him. I know he's talented and gifted, you know, we know that, but school was not serving him. And so, um, you know, he went out on his own and tried different things. Yes, he was, I don't want to say homeless, but he did live out of his car for a week because he was on the job for a movie he was working on. <laughs> um, and so he's tried different things. And now all of a sudden he hits his early thirties and he's got a job. Oh my gosh, it's a cure. He's got benefits. He puts money in the 401k. Who would have thought? Now, this is the child who, you know, when he graduated from school, we just were so happy because every year it was always the phone call, Miss McDonald, your son. <laughs> and it's because he was bored in school. He, he marched to the beat of a different drummer. Um, he wasn't as engaged. He loved to talk. And so not everybody understood. One of his best teachers was um, a math teacher in middle school. And he'll say, Scott, if you do your work and you're quiet for 50 minutes, the last five minutes of the period, you can stand up and tell us jokes. Oh my gosh. That was, you know, so there was a teacher who understood him, right? And so that's what I mean by, that's how we can encourage our children is finding what they love, what they feel joy in, encouraging them, um, supporting their dreams and finding a way so that they can also, you know, work with the rest of us, right? Mm -hmm. um, like for him, it was okay. I'll study for 50 minutes and then they get five minutes of stand-up comedy. He's done that too, stand-up comedy. <laughs> Crazy kid. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, as a teacher, I think that was one of my hardest, when I was teaching, that was one of my hardest, uh, or the biggest challenges I, I felt like in my heart was, the school is not for everybody. The way that the system set up, you know, doesn't serve all students the way that it could. And I think, I don't know, you just feel it in your heart. Like there's certain kids that just could do so much more if we just allowed them to do that. Right. Um, and it's not that teachers aren't creative and wouldn't allow them. No, but it's the system that, you know, uh, why isn't your class in control? Why are they noisy? I remember I my first year in Oregon, I had a student who was ADD and ADHD. And when his family ran out of meds, um, he, he had a hard time in classroom, right? Well, I, I was working in an old building and I said to him, okay, go outside and run around the track. I can see you from here. I was in the second story. I said, just go run around 10 times and then come back in. And I trusted him. So I'd be out there looking for him while I'm trying to teach. <laughs> um, and then he come back in and he was settled and he was ready to learn. But, you know, can you do that now? No, no way. No way. No. I know. And even with, even with my middle schoolers, um, it was an ELL class. And, uh, you know, you're not supposed to speak Spanish here, right, in Arizona? Oh, no, 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 no. I said, well, it's kind of dumb. So I said, it's my last year. What are they going to do? Fire me? I don't care. Um, so I, I spoke Spanish. Okay? Not in the way that I, you know, took away from their education, but, let, but these were older students who didn't come to this country, you know, as a blank tablet. They knew uh, about their own grammar. They knew a lot of things. They were just missing the English words. So a lot of times I would say, okay, so, you know, a verb, you know, whatever, um, 
pronoun or whatever. It's just like this in Spanish and this is how you use it, but this is the order it's changed in the syntax. I explained that in Spanish. Okay, now let's go back to it in English and then let's see how that works. And then, but they all go, oh yeah, I know that. It makes sense, yeah. yeah. It makes sense. I mean, I didn't have to mime and, you know, do a whole bunch of TPR just to get oh, yeah. one little point across. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's just explain and move forward right yeah. but you know if my principal walked in at that moment I would have been in deep trouble <laughs> so really like all the things and you mentioned this with your youngest son too about you know like college wasn't for him but and I you said that earlier and I thought oh my gosh as an immigrant you know because I came here when I was a kid like the thought of me telling my parents that I didn't oh. want to go to college oh dear lord like no way no I know that would have been a huge no. And now that I see my cousins, you know, who are graduating high school and some of them are choosing to maybe not go to college and I just see the, the progress and the growth just in my own yes. family of, yes. there is not one right way to do things because there is not one right way to be a person. And so exactly. I like, I wish we could help families who are immigrating here to kind of understand that concept too, because it is a lot of pressure for a lot of these there kids. I was one of them, you know, and I obviously did a really fabulous job going to a great career and I excelled in it, but the pressure I put on myself just, I, know. I felt like I had to, you know, I had to make it worth the coming to America. <laughs> and it, it's That's a right. Lot. So, I mean, cool. so you can understand, you can understand how I feel. So you at least, you know, come from a generation that has a few more options. I didn't have any. Yeah. And then you invest all these years in the career. And I realized at a point in time that, you know, I wish I could do something different. But then you're stuck. It's, it's you are in, in the situation where you've only got a few more years left. There's a pension on, on the line because you've already put too much time in. And that's yeah. the thing. You're in pension prison. It's like, oh, gosh, you know, I'm going to start over again in something else. And so, um, you know, what do you do? Um, so you, you know, I admire you because you walked away and decided to do something different. And I'm so glad there's technology and things like that, because these are the tools that open us, you know, some more opportunities and, and allows us to have conversations about this and cover, you know, again, going back to parents, conversations with them and showing them, look, this is, this is a new world. This is what we can do now. We're not stuck, you know. And, and the old ways. I remember the only options I had growing up you to be a, a doctor, teacher, engineer, you know, architect. I mean, you know, that if I had to do everything, oh my gosh, so many options. I don't know what I would have chosen, right? <laughs> and I think too, you know, the technology nowadays, especially with the pandemic, you know, it helps us to share our stories with the world and with each other to kind of help us, you know, know that we're not alone in what we're doing. Um, when you share about, you know, your journey through motherhood and you're like, you're in the midst of it, but trust me to go by fast. You know, people say that all the time, but it's, yeah, it, it does knowing you and knowing, you know, the, the stories that you've shared, it, it helps me as a parent next time I'm in the middle of trying to make breakfast and getting my son to school and trying to do something else, you know, and I feel like the house is going to burn down. Like I'll remember, Oh, Juana has done this before. Like she can do it. I can do it. Like, you know what I mean? It's like that solidarity of like, we can all do hard things together. That's and right. it just, I think it's just being honest with ourselves and being honest with other people and not that's right. that perfect front. Like, Oh, look, I can do everything perfectly. Like nobody can. No, 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 we can. I'm, no, I, I remember there were tears, lots of tears oh, in the middle please. of the night. Um, and you know, we didn't have laptops i had you know typewriter oh no no i mean more
more mistakes. I had to erase. Oh no. You know, so it's like you're in the middle of the night and you try to do your homework. And because I, I got married, I quit school, got married, and then went back to school. So that's <laughs> I did it the hard way. Hard way. But that was my choice. Um, that was my choice. But you know, the, the creativity continues, we continue to foster that. We had our granddaughter for about six weeks um last November December and you know I've showed you pictures I guess on, on, on Facebook but we have a little studio we converted a one-car garage into a little studio and it's a little tight because hubby and I have to share <laughs> uh well then we had our granddaughter and so she took over my chair and my spot but you know we allowed her to use all of our art supplies, all of our professional art supplies. So she could use our precious, the good stuff, the good paper. Yeah. Um, yeah we, but, you know, she was very thoughtful. She loves to draw. Oh, my gosh. She's such a good little artist. And so we introduced her to the concept of abstract because grandpa was talking about abstract. And she goes, what's abstract? She questions everything. What's that? What's that? So we sat down and watched the video on abstract art and the meaning of it. And so we said, go ahead. You got to loosen up because she's a little tight. And drawing it's got to be perfect here's the perfectionist okay mm -hmm. um, and so we gave her paint said go ahead experiment just you know start making marks and so uh, she really got into it and, you know she chose a good color palette and um it was just so fun you know watch her drag i took video of her because it was just oh my gosh she's <laughs> our little granddaughter right but um we hope it continues we're already seeing it's funny okay so you talk about how tough it is right now, right? Well, we see our own children going through it. Mm. You know, it's not easy. Uh, our middle son is mostly a single dad because his ex-wife is in Arizona and he's in Portland, Oregon, raising um, our granddaughter. So it's really hard. That's why we took her for a few weeks because he needed a break working from home, online school. Um, we said, well, we'll do this. So um, it was a real joy for us. And then our oldest now has a, our oldest granddaughter is going to college next year and, and her brother's going to high school. And so we see them going through all of that. But, you know, they're doing some of the same things we did. They, they go camping, which is what we did a lot. They do road trips. They, they're actually going to some of the same places we took them through along the, or, along the coast of California and Oregon. So, we know those memories stuck, so don't give up. You know, you, you guys are building these important memories that your boys will carry on and maybe someday with their own families or the significant others you're going to share. So it's it's great to see that. You know, there's a lot of joy in seeing that and seeing family, so. Well, Juana, we are at the end of our time here, but I just, is there anything else you want to say? Um, you know, the listeners that I have, they're not very many yet, but I just, you know, you kind of hit on everything I talk about in my podcast, which is, you know, family, love, art, creative stuff. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say? No, I just, I think your questions are excellent. And there's definitely a clear line connecting all those things. Oh, definitely, you. right? Um, and so, you know, I really value the, the time to talk to someone about these important issues, right? Rather than what's the weather, <laughs> rather than what's going on, what's the weather, uh, what are the numbers today? Um, yeah, so I, I really do value this conversation. And it's just so wonderful seeing you and how you open and vulnerable you make yourself to everybody. Again, I come from old school where you don't share those things, right? Um, 
<laughs> you're not supposed to, right? You know, you're perfect. Um, so it's kind of nice to see how things have changed and progressed. And I'm very happy for you and your family. And again, I keep posting. I love your drawings. Oh, In fact, I'm going to start learning how to do procreate because I'm inspired oh, by what you do. So fun and so easy. I just, I tell people all the time, you know, it's so much better than taking out all the paints because I don't have to clean it up. And that's right. The little ones, it's so much easier to just grab the iPad and put it away. <laughs> I know. So I'm going to start learning that. So on this trip, I, I actually bought a book on Procreate and uh, I've got my tablet, I've got my pencil, so I'm ready. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see what you do. No, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much um, for joining me and having this conversation with me. And uh, I hope you have a great time on your trip. And I can't wait to see well, all the pictures and everything. We'll so. be posting. We'll be posting. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay, we'll talk to you later. Thank Hi, you. Thank you for listening to the Plata Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, or just share it with a friend. I would greatly appreciate it. Bye.